a great Australian sprinter, nature's type, and Dave McDonald, and look how far they've won by. Can he do it? Chautauqua, he's flying! The autumn sun, boy, you'll have to be good to win from there. Artorias pounces, bombs them, and wins! Group 1 racing is back this weekend in Australia. For the first time in the 2023-2024 racing season, we have our first Group 1 back, and that is the Wing Stakes up at Ringwick this Saturday. Also highlighted by the PB Lawrence, which is a Group 2 down at Caulfield. So we've got some good racing around uh, Victoria and New South Wales this time of year. Just starting to warm up to it. I think I don't know if there's another Group 1 up next week or not, but this is definitely the first Group 1 of the season. Some other interesting news for the racing fraternity is that Jamie Carr is officially back this weekend since her fall earlier in the year. Uh, she's still waiting on her trial for the white powder saga that's been going around. So she actually goes in for, I think, the trial or anything is like the day after Melbourne Cup Day, like it's or the real end of the carnival. So I think she'll be all right. She'll get through most of the carnival with a couple of good rides and she's booked in to ride Zaki. Do you reckon that's deliberate? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like anyone else would be like, nah, like, but yeah, no, they, they want to give her a fair stint back. She's just, she's just like a role. She's, she literally said like, she's one of their main marketing tools at the moment and it's pretty unfortunate timing, but um, yeah, like she still like she still draws people to the races. They want her back in the saddle and riding in a spring carnival, no matter what. Before we go into it, I'm going to start this little new set, not a new segment, but since the first group one and technically just near the start of the spring carnival, I'm going to go through me top five horses for the spring, and then I'm going to give my five early picks for the five big races that I consider for the spring. So starting off with the first, like the top five horses that I reckon are going to dominate this spring. Number one is I Wish I Win, which I've previously mentioned in a couple of other bits of media. Uh, I've seen that Moody has come out on the radio the other day and said that he's going to start he's going to start him first up in the Memsies, which is a 1,400-metre race, Group 1, and then he's only going to trial him, and then he's going to send him to the Everest just off that. Like, that just seems like a really – like, I'm obviously no – like, he obviously knows what he's fucking – he knows what he's doing. He's Peter Moody. But I, I can't believe 1,400 metres back to a 1,200-metre Everest is – what he's planning like normally obviously over 1200 meters you normally will start him off at a thousand work him up to 1100 1100 then he get him to 1200 but he's just gone nah he's 1400 back to 1200 meters so i i, I couldn't believe it when i read it but he obviously knows a thing or two about training group ones and he reckons this is a pretty good all so i'd back medium for that uh number two on my list is amelia's jewel the boom uh the boom mare from wa i reckon she if behind i wish i win I think I think they're going to be the size of the thing, but I think Amelia's job has been a lot of questions about her because she's only been racing over in WA against all the WA horses and hasn't really been tested up to their main point yet. Not only one big point she did, she's already a Group 1 winner. She nearly won the Quokka, which is like a $4 million salt race over in WA as well. She's been competitive with all that, but she hasn't really come over here and raced against our proper horses on our tracks. So there's been a bit of, yeah, is she that good? Is she that good? But yeah, I, I think she's really, I think she's really, really good. I, I reckon she's very middle distance horses. Right? She'd be definitely in our top top three, and I reckon she's going to be in a bag over here this spring. Um, she's already, yeah, like I said, she's already a group one winner at the moment over in WA. So she's only got to... Prov- She's only got room to improve, and she's only just turned a four-year-old mare now. She was a three-year-old last season. She's progressing through. If she can end up, but yeah, Amelia's jewel. She's, I think, she's a easy a miler to a two thousand meter horse, and she's been more than competitive. She's never been winning. She's never been winning. Like the Quokka was a twelve hundred meter race, and she like I don't consider her a sprinter. I consider her a middle distance things, and she's 
winning sprints and nearly winning like massive sprints against some massive horses. And if she's only competitive down there, I've seen her win over 1,800 metre for her first group one and she was just dominant and that was only over 1,800. So I reckon anywhere in that sweet spot of 1,600 to 2,000 metres is her sweet spot um, and I reckon she's going to be a pretty good horse come over this spring. Number three is Fangirl. I reckon with she's doesn't have Adam to run into anymore this spring. You go through her, all her starts, last prep in the autumn. Second Fangirl, second Fangirl, second Fangirl, first Animo, first Animo, first Animo, first Animo. She was absolutely – she kept running better times and everything behind it, but just always drew a bat, always drew a shit barrier, never got in the right run and just ne- it never suited her and she always found one better. So Animo is often gone now, so I reckon this is Fangirl's time to step up. Number four is without a fight. I reckon he's – his session up great call yeah i reckon him up there in that brisbane in the brisbane winter carnival just that's just passed she he like she was competitive in a melt it was nearly not favorite last year's melbourne cup but he was in the cup and was really fancied struck a bottomless track and has come back in this dooming in this uh brisbane winter carnival and just dominated the races she's won have rated really well so if she only continues that like I reckon and that they've all been over 1,800, 2,000, 2,400 metres. I reckon she's she's already my early pick for the Caulfield Cup. I reckon that she's for over 2,400 metres around Caulfield would suit her perfectly. Yeah, so she lo- she's been running over this distance before. She's a 2,000 metres. I think I think he's going to go to the Cox Plate as well from what I've heard at the moment, but still waiting to hear on the final field for that. Um, but, yeah, I can know the Caulfield Cup. I don't know if she'd stay at the distance the Melbourne Cup. I probably wouldn't. I couldn't see her into her, to her right now, but yeah, definitely. I reckon she's she's definitely my Caulfield Cup pick for the moment. And then number five is Mr. Brightside. He can't really do much wrong. Back to back Doncasters, competitive, fresh. He won this. He he won this same race the PB Lawrence uh, first up last prep when he went on to win um, the. He won. I don't know what he ended up winning that prep, but he first up this prep he was a All Star Mile winner and he was a back to back Doncaster winner. So he's he's trialed up well. He's I reckon he's probably our best miler in the country at the moment. He's already got himself he's already got himself wins on the board and he's got some proof there behind it. I think Amelia Jewel Amelia's Jewels has got to catch up to him, but she's got to actually do it. Whereas Prince the Brightside's done it, he's stamped, he's got a group on form and he's already stuck it up there. But I reckon, yeah, I think Amelia's Jewel might be one bit better than him. So that's about it for my top five horses to watch out for this spring. I'm going to quickly just go through my early picks for the five biggest races that I consider for the spring. So the one of the ones that I'm tipping in the Everest is I wish I win. I've said that multiple times, I reckon 1,200 metres. If her is going to be absolutely perfect. Number four is the, oh, sorry, the Caulfield Cup. And then I've just tipped without a fight before, uh, before. So I think what race was that? Sorry, the Caulfield Cup. Yep, I'm, I'm happy with that. Without a fight, I already tipped that, and I reckon that's a pretty good bet for me. For the Cox Plate, I think this Cox Plate, like there's been a lot of internationals nommed and everything for it. So until they're actually going to get into the field, and I, I know who's running on, I don't really want to tip anyone now. But Amelia's Jewel is set to go there. It depends between that and the Golden Eagle, which, like just with the scheduling because it's a week apart. But for right now, with our talent that's over here and that who, who I know are 95% sure go on the race, Amelia's Jewel, 2,000 metres around Mooney Valley, is an absolute better and a half, and I reckon she'll be winning it. Depends on the internationals, of course, so I'll wait and see what the final fields and everything are. But for right now, I've, if you're going to have an early bet, I'd definitely have a bet on Amelia's Jewel. She's a great chance in the Cox Plate. The Golden Eagle... I'm also tipping as Amelia's jewel because if she's if she's not going to one, she's going to go to the other, and either one that she goes to, she's going to be with a good chance to be winning it. I reckon she's probably got a better chance of winning the Golden Eagle, 
Um, just personally, like restricted to that, restricted to four year olds, doesn't really and won't be versing anything near that she will be in the Cox plate. Um, so those internationals might just bring another level. So hard to really go past Amelia's jewel in the Golden Eagle. And then for the Melbourne Cup, I'm still not too sure what this. Same thing, there's a lot of internationals nommed and everything, but I think the favourite at the moment is Vaban, and I'm still going to tip him at the moment. He has been winning well over the over the Ascot Carnival that was just before, so he he had a really good win then. I think that moved it in, that moved him into favouritism for the cup just off this one win over there on like the first or second day of the Ascot Carnival, and then just come out again. I think she just won another group tour over 25 or 2600 metres in Ireland. Um, and she's just shortened again for the Melbourne Cup. So I think that international form is just going to be too good. Like we, we can never really compete with them. And the band looks like a bloody good horse over there and they've it's favoured for a reason. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy just with the band for the moment. That's about it for our um, early picks for those races and some horses to watch out for. We'll go to a quick break now and then we'll come back with our quick recap of Rose Hill and the Valley. Time for a quick recap of last weekend's races at Rose Hill in the Valley. Uh, we'll start at Rose Hill. In the first race, Cabalbos was very stiff. It got into like a dollar eighty or something, I'm pretty sure, while they jump. And it literally just had no luck. Like J-Mac, a lot of people were saying like, oh, J-Mac slaughtered. He slaughtered that. I, I don't think he slaughtered as much as he just didn't have it in the right spot. And everything around him, it boxed him in pretty much and he had nowhere to go. So I wouldn't be put, blaming that on him. I'd just say the race didn't unfold that way. Tends to happen a lot, um, but yeah, I still it's it's still powered to the line after it like lost all its momentum, so it's still a good third. Um, wouldn't be sacking or anything, just blame that on the actual race. Race two didn't have much to note in, uh, and then in race three, Wine Glass Bay was also very stiff. I think that uh, even that got into like a dollar eighty or something. Yeah, J Mac was on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think everyone. Yeah, it got backed in pretty heavy, and it was like it. I think it lost by like 0.1, like it just gone. It just I threw the sink at it. Yeah, I think a lot of people would have. Um, yeah, so that was absolutely stiff. And then the other thing I was getting on the race, Bazooka has let me down again. Uh, it was looking like it had come around the corner and it would look like it was still in first gear, like the jockey had not even touched it. I was like, holy shit, this is about to just go straight past everyone. And as soon as you press the button, it physically went backwards. It just lost everything. It was the biggest sack I've ever seen in a race. I do have been so keen on the corner and been let down. Just like, It was just absolute shot in the dick. It sucked. Race four didn't have a mark down to much either. Nothing really to take out from it. Race five was another day. Alentia had absolutely no pace in the race. It was a very slowly, slowly run race, yes. and she was right up the back and had nowhere to go. And J Mac just found this gap. A lot of other horses need tempo with them to be able to hit that that type of speed that she did. And she did love nothing. She was just walking, and then which at the flick of a switch, she just went wooshka. So to start my day off, I didn't follow you on your best for the day at Eagle Farm. I just. That's that's what you get. And that's what I'm saying, pa- hashtag pace to listen, because I, I was just the other boys like, let's get on Lomality, let's get on Lomality. I'm like, no, Vodka Martini's going to win. Anyway, got coerced into doing it, and I was completely wrong, obviously, and it lost. So pace to listen, everyone, for those out there, because he's about to go on a heater from here, and I started my heater off, and I was a bit, I went five in a row, and Alenti was my first for that. Yeah. So, yeah, swings and patterns, all, all credit Alentia. Um, definitely one to follow. 
Race six was meh as well. Didn't have really down to anything. Race seven, we had two bets. We had, I think that's the only one we've ever put up a two bet, two bets in one race, and they've both got up. We had Torton Lane for a win. I think she ended up paying three dollars forty or something, and she like. I think it's – I can't remember she or he, whatever. The run second up, everyone was really keen on it. It was, it was pretty short for us, favour two, and just flopped the bed that day, didn't have enough race run to it, and just nothing worked out well for it. And then so this time you we were getting a better price because everyone was like, oh, I don't know if she's that good or he's, if he's that good. And she did exactly that. She came from last, and she just absolutely powered through the line. It was a really good race, actually. Um, and it was really dominant win. The so that she can, which put together, she is a force to be reckoned with. And then her other bet was Green Shadows each way at like fifteen bucks and two dollars thirty or something. And by the time of the jump, it was into like ten dollars or something. But hung on for second, and we got that each way. So two bets there for two wins. Race eight, Tears Invincible. I don't know really about that form. I, I, I don't, I don't dislike it, but I just think it's a bit over, bit overhyped even though I did win on the weekend, so you can't really blame it. But the one in behind, it's a Cigar Flick, who I tipped in, and I was pretty keen on too, just had absolutely nowhere to go, and she absolutely went through the line as well. She was really hitting some top gears when she was going through, so I wouldn't be sacking her. Like, and she had better sectionals and everything than Tis Invincible in the race. So I think that, like, if the race was set up differently, she had a different run, she definitely would have beaten it, and I reckon it would have been a better win. So I'm still – I'm not too sure about – that race, but I'm definitely still following, following Cigar Flick out of that. Um, race 9, Pericles is back. She's been running in the Derby. She's been running in everything up in Sydney. She's been rolled off a couple of times, but she's back, and she had a pretty good win first up over 1,400 metres or something. I can't remember the exact distance, but it tried well. J-Mac was on it. It was backed into favouritism, but it did, it did put them away. It was actually a really good win. So she's a better she or he is a better horse over 2,000 metres, 2,500 metres. So the fact that she's up and running into winning races, 1,400 metres first up just goes to show how back she is. So definitely follow her. And then in in race nine, the Gaza Blanca was another short price favourite favorite for Jay Mac. They got slaughtered on the day with a with a bad ride. I'll put that one down to. Um but it was still like besides the ride, it was still really powering through the line. It was really it, it was still it looked like it just kept running. So no um no dishonors there. J Mac J Cummings combo. Yeah. Undefeated. Yeah. Such and, a good combo. Yeah, I know. Like it's all J Mac and Waller like, yeah, they do, but yeah, when J like Every time J Max on that, it's like a Villius and freaking Animal, and like he always gets a good one. So good combo. Uh, and then in the last as well, we had um, Smashing Eagle, who. Oh, we. The quaddy. Yeah, we did get the quaddy. Um They only paid 200 and so bucks or something, but that's all right. Win's a win. We'll take what we can get. Um, but yeah, Smashing Eagle, who won and had the best last 600 meter splits of the day. So that win was pretty good. And if the form and everything stacks up from that, Gaza Blanker and Smashing Eagle should be. Pretty good horses to follow coming up as well. And then we'll go quickly to the Valley. Um, in race one, Pride of Sullivan, who Jack mentioned last week, and I did I did end up backing on the day, and it was a pretty – it was it looked like it was there the whole way and then just got nut on the line. But yeah. I, I reckon, like, it was actually – out of the race, I'd definitely be taking Pride of Sullivan's um, win, up, like, right over the other one. So Hayes Boy's doing good things. Yeah, I reckon – yeah. I, I think it's pretty stiff to have lost that one. I can't believe it didn't win, but I think that the one that did win it um, – can't remember the name of it, but – the Code of Fire. Yeah, the Code of Fire. I think that was like second favorite. I'm like, they were coming for a late, but I just couldn't think it would get there. But yeah, so full credit to that. But I definitely would be following Pride of Sullivan out of that. Uh, race two, Twin Perfection won with 62 kgs. And we were talking about it on here too when we weren't too sure. And I said, oh, 
the weight was just too much. I couldn't, I, I couldn't better. That's why I brought the weight thing. Yeah, I didn't get on the race itself, but yeah, yeah. So I, I, I didn't even bet in that race. I just had nothing, and then I thought I didn't think Twin Perfection was going to win, but it did exactly that. Just winning and winning and winning and winning over a thousand meters. Um, yeah, I, I can't believe it. One sixty-two kgs didn't have my money, but it was a really good win. And then in race three, another horse we tipped on electric bell got in for third. It was pretty good. It got backed in a lot. Um, so like it started a lot shorter than what it was when we were talking about it on the pod on last week. But yeah, like geez, it, it like didn't really have the pattern with it or anything. It still stormed home late and got third. So it was a, it was a really convincing run. Um, definitely wouldn't be sacking or anything. And didn't really have the run on the race and still finished off in the money. So following electric bell, race four was a bit of a meh again. Didn't really pay too much attention to it. Uh, then race five, Maximilius was back in the winner's stall for after a couple of years. He was pretty dominant, not like dominant, but he was up there within those group two, uh, the two-year-old group ones and three-year-old group ones and everything the last time around. He was pretty spooked every now and then to win a good one and he's been in a couple of group ones and hadn't won a race in a couple of years. And and then I went on that day with Ollie in the saddle, so full credit to him. He's back on the winner's stall. Uh, recommendation was the favourite, and I was talking about it on the pod. I just thought it was over twelve hundred meters. First up, I did like an it drew ten of ten, and like statistically drawing those wider barriers in races and Mooney Valleys that are sprints, it just you're always at a disadvantage, and like it's it's really hard to win from there. But she still ran on really good from the like she just got the same thing too far back and just couldn't make up the grand time, but. The run itself was really good, so I definitely would still be following her. Any like she'll, as long as she draws a barrier and gets any chance at a race, unlike that one, she should be a pretty good bet. Race six was a bit of a meh again, really too much that I was interested in there. And then race seven, Flash Flub was very flat in my opinion. I was, I was pretty keen on it too. It had been backed; it was five dollars into a three dollar favorite, and it looked like everyone was betting on it. And it looked like it was just going to keep going by the corner, but when it hit there, I just found nothing and just absolutely run out of steam so i don't really know what to put that down to because the, the the race before same distance same track and just was pairing to the line so i don't know if she's been up too long in her prep she had had a couple of runs so she just might have been getting towards the end of her prep and that might have been seen that might have seen her out but all, all on was with the winner floating artist it had been running in some good races its last couple and just it, it didn't Never got really into the race in any of them. Just kept getting boxed in. Never got good runs and everything. And it's always been spruced as a pretty good horse and did exactly that and won a pretty good race on the weekend. So he's back in the winter stall and he should be fit and fine for this spring. Race eight, there's a lot of scratchings in that race and it was a bit of a mess for me. Not too much to take out of it. And then in race nine, Omni Man was very, very stiff. It was a good win to the winner. I'll give it that. It was a good ride from Mickey D. Um, but yeah, Omni Man just it, it it's natural. Every other race that's been winning, it's been leading and just kicks on, kicks on the corner, and gives nothing else a chance to win. So it just it and on this race, it drew one as well, but just didn't have the speed and missed the kick and was in behind everyone and never got out to like the last hundred meters or so. And even then, it was still getting held up every now and then. So Omni Man still wanted to follow. And then in the last, we also tipped a parade was another was another good win for the day. The run she did before at the Mooney Valley was really. Like it was that was when it was the really track biased, like like the really front front running biased day. And she defied it and she came running home real late um, and made up a stack of ground. And it was pretty hard to do on that day. So tipped her again here and she did exactly that. Got back and ran on, but 
today um i mean on saturday it was a much better it was a much easier track to get a run on and she duly saluted so a couple of good runs out of the valley uh we did get another best bet for the day Boca martini get up at eagle farm in the first uh it was it was pretty short in the end it was like a dollar it was like two dollars 15 into a dollar 55 and went down to a dollar 40 yeah oh yeah i was gonna say um it was yeah, so that was up at Eagle Farm, and we didn't have too much else going on at Eagle Farm. I didn't really have any other bets other than that, but um, it was yeah, it was crunched in late, and I'm not going to take too much pride in that. It was all a fifty-five favorite, but free money is good money. Um, but I think someone who can tell me about Eagle Farm was Jack, because I think he was actually up there at the track on the Saturday, from what I hear. I was, and um, I was is it? Just, a, I didn't ask you this before. Is it actually a good track? Unbelievable. Yeah, it is one. It is my favorite track I've been to. And really? when, when you walk in there, I, the bit I love about it is when you walk in straight away, like the it's so old school behind the actual like grandstands and yeah. everything that's set up there. And you've got to walk through a tunnel in the middle of the grandstand to get back up and look out towards the track. It's like you're going out to play a game of footy. Yeah. When you walk out there and it's like, oh, it's unbelievable when you walk when you walk in through there and the track looks unbelievable. I didn't get to see Doom, which is across the road. Yeah, it's it's, it's literally like. Yeah, so on the flight in, you, when we drove down, oh, sorry, come down on the, on the plane, I had a window seat. Yeah. And I was like, there's two. And I'm like, that's what we spoke about in the pod, how yeah. Eagle Farm and Doom are so close yeah. together. And um, But, yeah, I loved it. And you could literally, when you walk in, you can see where all the horses are in their stables ready mm-hmm. to come out. And they've got the names above name. the banner yeah. there and you can have a look at them and go, Okay, let's watch them on the warm up track. But the warm up tracks out the back, and then they come through this other part. And it's it's unreal. It's yeah. really old school. It's like nineteen forties. Really? Yeah. So it's kind of like Lords esque, kind of. Yeah, it's like Lords. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Yeah. It's honestly the best track I, I reckon I've been to. Like obviously the new ones and is Cox Plate. There's one that's been updated. So yeah, the Mooney Valley. So yeah, they've had a couple of Renos. So like that's unreal because it's like modern, but this is like cool for like old school yeah. vintage. So I recommend it. Yeah, yeah. So I've never been there, so definitely will probably be putting that one on the bucket list. Uh, I'll go to a quick break now, and then we'll come back with our tips for this weekend's racing. Time for us to have a quick look through our Rambic preview for this weekend. Group One racing is back, so we'll try and get through this pretty quickly. Uh, race one is the Midway Benchmark 72 over 1,200 metres. Meh, race to me. Had a look through. Don't know much about any of them and nothing for me that I really have a bet on. So race two at Randwick is the Tab Highway Class 2 over 1,100 metres. Bit of the same thing as the Midway. Don't really know many of these horses. I haven't really heard of them. So probably not a great betting race. But the one that J-Mac's on has won its last two. It's $5.50 favourite. Strong barrier seventeen, so maybe if you were gonna if you were entertaining a bet, that'd probably be it. But geez, I, I couldn't steer you into anything in that highway. Moving on to race three is the gold Gold Coast Turf Club benchmark seventy eight over twenty four hundred Pacino, which is a five dollar favorite. But I'm not too sure how it's going to go. Like it's facing different opposition now. Like it's got five kilos less. Um, then Kirkaby, the top weight, but Kirkaby's got the better form and everything. So, but J Mac has elected to ride it. So that's, I don't know if they've had it pre booked or what. So at $5, still couldn't really steer you into anything in race three. Uh, race four is a Toyota Forklifts benchmark 78 over 1600 meters. Not too much in here. Ivan's Hero is the favorite at 650, but 
His last win was at Rose Hill on a really biased track, so and it did, it did exactly that. It was up the front and just kept kicking and gave nothing else a chance. So I don't know what you're going to if you want to take that form or not, um, everything else around it. A more victorious wouldn't be too bad at eight dollars either. If you were looking around, its last one was actually pretty good and wasn't as uh, wasn't as as much a bias track that day, but still defied it pretty well and still was a good win. And you get eight dollars for that, so it might be worth a little spec, but definitely can't tip anything in that race. Um, race five is the Moston Copper Show Candy Quality. Uh, over 1,200 metres, and I do have a better Miss Race, and it's number race race five, number six, Argentia each way, $10 and $2.50 for Chad Schofield and Joe Pride. Uh, first up at Rose Hill was in that IME race where Big Parade broke down, but I did get held up a little bit in the race and still had the race's best final 200 metre splits of the, like for that race. Um, second up now into like sticks at 1200. Yeah, stick to 1200 should be fit. It had the best sectionals, should be running on. Dragonstone comes out of the same race, can kind of line that form up through there. Uh, you're getting around the same price for them, but yeah, Argentia definitely had the better sectionals of the race and had a tougher race than Dragonstones, who she didn't beat home in the day, but definitely ran quicker times than him. So at ten dollars and two dollars fifty, I will be taking number six Argentia each way. Then we're on to race six, which is the James Squire Premier's Cup over two thousand meters, and number seven Hosier is a bet each way at seven dollars and two dollars fifty. Then we knocked off Barbie's Fox. At Rose Hill, over 1,500 metres a couple of two starts ago, um, and that was a really good second. I wasn't even entertained her at all, so that was a really good win behind a really, behind a pretty good horse in Barbie's Fox. Um, they went to the Coffs Harbour Cup. Same thing, kind of got too far back and didn't get into it in time. So kind of a forgive run there, but now she's back to Ranwick, and she never won on a good track, all her soft track form. She's eight wins for six wins in one third. So she's got she's she's a better wet tracker and it's a, I think it's a heavy at the moment up in up in Randwick right now. But hopefully by the time Saturday comes around, it would have dried out a bit. So hopefully we'll get a bit of a it should stay in the soft in the soft range. But yeah, I definitely reckon Hosier is a bet. Whereas Faulkner Parks kind of get the same thing happening for it again. Strong shit can't really handle. Well, it's not really been tested in the wet, but it's not proven in the wet. So I think two eighty is very short for that one. But yeah, I think Hosier each way at seven dollars and two dollars fifty is definitely a bet. Race seven is the uh, Laurel Oak Toy Show Quality over eleven hundred meters, and J Mac and Chris Waller have Zoo Gotcha in number one at three dollars ninety, and I'm definitely taking that for a win. Its last prep had been beaten. Glenn of Silver, it's been running in, running the, it ran in the Doncaster mile behind Mr. Brightside, who's going around as a short price favourite at Caulfield that day. Um, been running in behind Sunshine and Paris, Sunshine in Paris and Ruthless Dame. Like, it's pretty good form and first up over 1,100 metres. She's won one up, she's won first up before and she's three, three wins and three wins from six attempts at Realmix. So I reckon that's a pretty good bet. First up in race seven, number one. Moving on to race eight, which is the first group one of the season, and it is the wing stakes over 1,400 metres. A lot of horses here that are first and second up now starting their prep off. Golden Mile was a good run. Last start in that race, there was uh, with Big Parade who uh, broke down, so the run was completely tracked. But like before the like before the incident, she was, or he was, sorry, um, was actually trucking to the line, and she looked, he looked to come back really good. So... Thirteen dollars is all right for that. Zaki's your favourite of four sixty. Who I'm, I can't like. 
it's probably the one day that she's going to win. And she, like, if there's any time she's probably going to win that I'd bet on it would be first up. So I could entertain her. She's like, it's first leg of the second leg of the quarter. So you definitely got to put her in there. But I'm just, I don't know. I'm just always a little bit hesitant back in Zaki, especially in these group ones. But down the bottom, number 13, Fangirl, I'm definitely entertained to have a go with Fangirl. I reckon there's no Animo anymore. Been running, she was running better times behind him in, the, in all the races she was in. Kept being tipped to knock him off. She just never could because Animo was just simply too good. So I reckon that Animo form is going to stand up pretty good here. And Fangirl at $5, I reckon this is going to be her prep. She, she'll come back bigger and better than ever. And at $5, I've got to make her a play. But definitely definitely wary of Zaki as well. This will probably be the one time that he'll come up and beat me, which will be first up. But I'm more than happy to lose to Zaki first up. In race nine is the Dali Silver Shadow Stakes over 1,200 metres. A couple of bets I don't mind in here, a little bit um, at odds. I like number six, Inhibitions, who first up had no luck. It didn't get it didn't get out at all, so it's a complete forgive run behind Tao Mina, who's, going, who's racing also on that day and is pretty, is pretty found within the market. So that's definitely good form going into the weekend. Um, if, if it would have got a clearer run, it probably would have gone by and beaten him, but just and got sucked into a bad spot and had nowhere to go. And you're getting $27 a win and $6 a place um, for inhibition. So that's definitely part of the bet. And then I'm going to take another one in this, which is number 11, Estrella. Uh, just got beaten last time by Cabalas, who got just released, recently rolled on the weekend at a short price. But I'm, not, I'm just putting that, de- that down to uh, the way of the race and just could never get into it. So it's no real f- knock on Cabalas. I reckon that's still good form and... Australia's only just beaten, only just lost to him um, and is getting Jamie Carr in the saddle who's on a comeback tour. So at $5 a win, I'll be pretty happy to take that to win and I'll be taking number six inhibitions each way. And then onto the last race, it's the ACY Securities Benchmark 78, over 1,200 metres and there are a lot of dual acceptors in this race. So I really couldn't steer you in, into anything at the moment. Wave Rider Boy is a dual acceptor. V is a dual acceptor. I think Pacific Ruby is a dual acceptor. So a lot of these races are going to change before race day. So couldn't see you into anything right now, knowing what's going to be there. Um, Wave Rider Boys drawn 14 to 14. So if they're going to scratch from any race, I'd probably say it's this one. Um, and if V gets a run here at $7, that's probably not a bad bet either. So we have to wait and see for final fields for that one. So we'll skip that race for now and we'll go to another quick break now and then we'll come back with our tips for Caulfield. Time for our quick go-through of Caulfield on the weekend. Uh, it's PB Lawrence Day, so another 10 race card, so let's get on through it. Race one is the MRC Chairman's Club at Benchmark 70 over 1,400 metres. Bit of a meh race again. There's a couple of Lulu Darlings had a couple of good wins is into $10. Bricks Cafe was tipped around last start, and you're getting $17 for that. Uh, first mate, first mate number two for Blake Sheen is a $5 favourite, so it looks like there's a fair... A fair few bets people can get around there. I certainly couldn't tip you into anything with much authority, so I'll kind of skip that race. Race two is the MRC Chairman's Club Benchmark 84, uh, and I do have a tip in this, and it's number six, B.O. Bay. Uh, last couple of runs at Caulfield has just been beaten by Hellhound, who's been coming out and been running some good, pretty good races coming up, and then was just pitched in the line at a Benchmark 84 
at Flemington last start behind Starlight's Grove, who's a bit of an enigma, but she definitely had the better run. And Bior Bay definitely had the better run on the race and produced better time. So I'm definitely happy if she's if she's still in that form. I reckon $4.60 is a pretty good bet in race two. Uh, moving on to race three is the Cadenard Jewels, benchmark 78, over 1,200 metres. And this is where Vivia is also in this race, but it is also a dual acceptor for the last of Randwick, so not really too sure which way they'll go. If she's drawn 15 here of 15, they'll probably end up going to uh, Randwick, I'd imagine, but still currently favoured of 480, so we'll definitely be skipping that race for now because that's definitely going to change before race day. Uh, moving into race four is the Senate Gambling Law Expert Benchmark 84 of 1,100 metres. Uh, Wave Rider Boys, the favourite here at $3.70, and I think they'll probably come this way. You got Blake Shit in the saddle. Gate seven, not drawing fifteen of fifteen like it is up in Randwick. Shin's our best jockey in at the moment. He'll be def- he's, he's definitely the right pick for it if he's going to send it here, and he has. So as long as he gets the right run on the race and everything, it should be uh, should be winning. So if it does end up coming uh, to Caulfield, I'll be making it a bet. But if it stays at Randwick, I, I won't be making it a bet as it's drawn poorly. So wait and see for that race. Uh, wait and see for the final fields to come out. Uh, race five is the Thoroughbred, Thoroughbred Club Australia Benchmark 84 over 1,400 metres. And I do like the favourite amenable at $4 for Damian Lane and Price and Kent Jr. Been in some really good races behind Glynis Silva um, and Legato. Uh, even in its last prep before that, it was it was nearly joint favourite for the Caulfield Guineas and probably probably would have been a good um, chance in that race, but if, if it would have drawn a bit better. and Yeah, because it, its normal track pattern is to get back and run on, so it wasn't really suited in those kind of races, but you're getting $4 now. First up, had, had a good trial. I reckon they'll be sending there with, with pretty high intentions, so I'd, I would be making number four amenable a bet in race five. Race six is the Evergreen Turf Regal Roller over 1,200 metres, and this is my best bet of the day in this race. Uh, noted down because if this wins, I probably won't be coming back anymore. We're going Caulfield race six, number 11, William Thomas at $31 a win what? and $7 a place. Each way, best bet of the day is the, is it to place, but you've got to go each way, so I'm making it each way. You're getting $7 a place for it and 31 a win. Absolutely. That's incredible. Yeah. I, it's last two runs. It's come third over a thousand meters behind Najim Najim Suhail, and 33, 33 second last six hundred meters, and then it went to up, went up to eleven hundreds and just got beaten by Benedetta last start, who we talked about <coughs> on the week before, and how good Benedetta is. And William Thomas is exactly the he's just the complete opposite. He gets so far back in his in his runs and just can never make up the ground in time. But his, his late sectionals are always through the roof and they're always one of the best of the race. He's 1,000 metres up to 1,100, now up to 12. His sectionals, his last couple of races have been absolutely dynamite. He's suited back at Corville because he's had more wins here and I reckon he's better around the corner. Um, and everything else in the race, a lot of them are leaders. So this is going to work in like Boogie Dancer will lead Bandit Snatch will lead, Savannah Cloud will lead, Chassis will lead. So there's going to be four or five of them blind for the front and they're going to go absolutely helter-skelter and that is exactly what William Thomas needs. He will be he will be sitting last with 300 metres to go and if they go as quick as I think they are going to, he is just going to go right down the outside and brain them all and I can't believe $31 and 
it's definitely best bet of the day is for a place, but I can never tip someone a place bet, so you've got to go each way. Number 11, William Thomas at $31 and $7 a place. Moving on to race seven, which is the the Quisette Stakes. Over 1,100 metres, Charmstone has been in its last couple of wins, uh, last couple of starts actually. has always been marked around there. has been a good one, but it's never really – Done except that it had it had a good win down the straight over a thousand meters. I think that was on Melbourne Cup Day, actually. Yeah, one of the first races there, and had a bit of hype around it from that. Um, come six last starts, so the, the form's been pretty good through it. But at three dollars eighty, that's pretty short for me. I couldn't really be going anything in there. The one I do want to have a bet on is actually two of them. I like number five, Skirt the Law, the Magic Millions winner from this year. The only real miss was at Ranwick in um, one of a really good race there, Lazago and Facile were also in the slipper. So that's pretty good. That's high-end group two, um, sorry, year, uh, two-year-old group one form. So definitely one to follow. And I think at $4.80, first up from barrier one for Ryan Maloney and Tony Gollan is a pretty good bet. But I'm also taking number eight, She's All Shenanigans, each way at $11 and $3.30. The last couple of wins last start were really, were really, really good over 1,100 and 1,000 metres and 1,200 metres here. Um, she was running times in those races too. Drawn gate seven, so I like that. Like, I think it's a pretty good barrier for her. We'll get back and run on pretty well. And from gate seven, she hopefully won't get too far back. She'll still be within striking range, but she's got a really good turn of foot. And I reckon at $11, a win in 3.30 a place, you've got to have a bet on her. So have a bet on number eight. Uh, she's all shenanigans and number five skirt the law moving on to race eight is the vein stakes over 1100 meters and cylinder is a dominant dollar 70 favorite and should be winning i can't really see anything else in this race maybe little bros like i, I did like his blue diamond win but i don't know how he's going to be able to go first up but i think cylinder blake chin james cummings Good, like th- th- those guys could win anything together. So, at a dollar seventy, it's probably it's it's honestly probably not a bad price for it. It should be braining them. So definitely couldn't make you go into it. But I'd, if you if you definitely want to take odds on for a horse, definitely take that for cylinder because I think that is a good bet. Probably not a good bet, but it, it should be winning. But couldn't steer you really into it. Moving on to race nine is the highlight of the day: the PB Lawrence. And Mr. Brightside is back. Won this late. Won this race first up last year. Getting two dollars five a win. It's honestly probably a pretty good price for it. Every, like I'd only be wary of number 15, 15 attrition. Yeah, I'm a massive fan of that horse, and I reckon it's second to Legato when the Australian Guineas early in the year was just. It, it was really good run, and probably should have, probably should have won, um, but didn't. But yeah, I reckon that's going to be good form coming into this. So. I think I think attrition could be a worry first up, but that Legato form and everything just doesn't compare to the Animo Group One form, the Doncaster form. It's just it's just nowhere it, it's nowhere near it. I really can't tip against Mr. Brightside. If you're going to have a quaddy, I put Mr. Brightside and attrition if you like that. But if you if you want to take a high percentage, definitely take Mr. Brightside one out. So William Thomas wasn't my bet. This is definitely my next best bet of the day, Mr. Brightside. He should be winning that race pretty comfortably. And then onto the last race is the take it to the net level benchmark 100 over a mile. And I'm with number one, right you are. I really, really like this horse. Uh, when it turns up on its day and is running to its best of its capacity, it could be winning a near group one. I reckon it's a really good stay for the Maron Eustace. I reckon that they wouldn't send it there first up over 1,600 metres if they weren't happy with it. Matthew Cartwright's been running some good, been riding some good winners as of late as well. Um, he's in pretty good form, 
Barclay Square. I didn't really know what to make of that run first up, last start, but it was he's still in favour right now. But I think from a betting perspective, I'm definitely more inclined to play it. Number one, right, you are uh, each way at seven fifty a win and two sixty a place. So yeah, that's about it for my numbers. We'll wait for a final fields and everything on the on the Friday to come out, and then Saturday morning, send through your tips and everything on the Thursday. I'll put some in other socials. Send everything through, and we'll put the we'll put up a post on Saturday morning with our quarters and all our followers' tips for the days. Um, thanks once again for Jack for having me and for join, jumping on another one of these podcasts, mate. Unbelievable! Uh, like I said, pays to listen. You said it at the start. You said it at the start of every episode, and I did. I did. I missed you for one race, and then I caught up from the rest, especially on the quaddy, and you nailed it, mate. So hopefully we go again this week. Can't guarantee it, but you killed it. Gamble responsibly. Absolutely. Thank you.